0: Philippians chapter 4, and if you need a Bible this morning, just slip up your hand. Uh, Guys are coming down the aisle right now. They'd love to put a Bible in your hand so you can follow along uh, with your eyes as well as your ears. We're going to be reading uh, verses 4 through 7 this morning. And... uh, like to invite you to read with me. I will take verse four. If you'll take verse five, I'll take verse six, and you can close with verse seven. But may you, uh, Would you please stand with me for the reading of God's word? Philippians chapter four, uh, chapter four, verse four. Paul writes, and he says, "Rejoice in the Lord always. Again." I will say rejoice. Verse 5. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Let's pray. Lord, if ever there was a time when your people need your peace, we're living in that time period right now. There has been so much unrest. It's hard to even count the days and weeks and months that It has permeated our medias, our newspapers, so many places in our culture. And yet Lord, you said that there is a peace of God that can be ours. This morning as we come to your word, by the work of your holy spirit we ask that you would open our ears to hear our eyes to see and our hearts to receive that which you desire to give to us we ask it in jesus name amen and amen please be seated A peace that passes our understanding. There are many profound statements that our Savior has made in the Gospels recorded there in four books. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Can you think of a couple statements right now? Profound statements. Certainly one would be, of course, his cry in the Garden of Gethsemane when he said, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Speaking of the crucifixion that was coming. If it's possible, Father, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will, your will be done. Profound statement. Luke's Gospel, chapter 10, he said, as we studied last week, he said, yes, you as my disciples uh, have power over uh, the enemy and can command spirits to, to be cast out of those that are oppressed and possessed. But don't rejoice in that. Remember, he said, rejoice that your name is written In heaven, in the book of life. Profound statement. The beginning of our video this morning, and certainly um, significant to our study this morning, what we found in John 14, 27. I think we have it up there. It said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. My peace I leave, my peace I give. What do you think he meant by that statement? What do you think he meant by that? I can share with you what I think he meant by that. A bit of a paraphrase, but he was saying... I have something I'm leaving with you. I have something I'm giving to you. But it's going to be up to you to want it and to seek after it, to pursue it in order to obtain it. Here, it's it's here, it's available for you. I'm giving it, I'm leaving it. Do you want it? Will you pursue it? God himself, incarnate, promising his peace. Of course, in the context of that verse in John, and that verse that we saw at the beginning of this, who was he speaking to? He was speaking to none other than those that had declared That they believed in him as the only begotten son of God. They had placed their faith in him as the Messiah, the promised coming Messiah. And had said yes to him as Lord of their life. Is that you this morning? Because if so, then not only was he speaking to them, he was speaking to you and I. I'm giving it. I'm leaving it. But you will need to want this. You will need to pursue it. You'll have to seek this that I'm giving, that I'm leaving. And so the natural question then would be how then does this peace that God has said he has given, that Jesus himself said, I leave, how then does it become ours? In that cameo of, of the verse seven, when it says, a peace. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, surrounding that profound promise, is what I believe to be keys to unlocking this precious thing that God has said He's given, that Jesus said He will leave. And they come to us in several places throughout the passage, which is where we will spend our time this morning with with the intent of if there was something that I did not know about this piece or that you did not know about this piece, that it would be freshly learned. If there is something you already knew about this piece that God has promised, that Jesus said he will leave, that it will once again be... uh, like attractive to you in such a way, more so than when you came through those doors, that in other words, the very peace of God that this world so desperately needs would flow through you and I that just in the presence of those that who know not our Savior would want to know how do we exist in this climax of distressed, busy, doubtful, uncertain generation. How can you just be like that? That someone would say, why? Because of the peace. Of God that you possess. I like to think of things at times in, in an acronym. So the acronym that will follow for these keys. Is simply R-L-B-T-D. What's it mean? Rejoice, let, be, think, and do. And we're going to kind of follow that acronym. If you're taking note. So back up with me. To this first key, of course, is going to be there in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Why do you think the Apostle Paul would, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, be led to repeat it twice right in a row? Because the Holy Spirit knows the inclination of the human heart. One rejoice, okay, I can do well, but, but, but But what about this, this, this? No, 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 no. Rejoice. Again, I say, rejoice in the Lord. This morning, make the choice to rejoice. That's what's so necessary in the life of each one of us as believers, to make the choice to rejoice. Joy in the Lord, a a condition of soul, is different than happiness. Oh, I'm happy today. I'm so glad you're happy today. I'm happy today too. But I'm not happy today because there's some circumstance in my life that makes me happy. I'm happy as a result of the fact that I have joy. And joy, the joy of the Lord, is to be a condition of soul independent of circumstance. It's not something that your circumstances or my circumstances dictate. It is a byproduct of the indwelling person of the Holy Spirit to rejoice in the Lord. Make the choice to rejoice. You're going to walk out those doors this morning and something is going to happen that is going to challenge you and me to make the choice to rejoice in the Lord. I love what Spurgeon says. He says this way, Because of the joy of the Lord is a cure for all, he was happy not to know the quarrel between the two women, Iodia and Syntyche. Uh, Because he writes, he says, quote, People who are filled with this joy are not apt to uh, give or take offense. Their minds are so sweetly occupied with higher things that they are not distracted by the troubles that arise among the imperfect creatures that we are. Make the choice to rejoice. Secondly, the apostle talks about in verse 5, he says, let, and that's our second word, second letter in our acronym, let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. The original uh, Latin or the King James version of the Bible says moderation and the word gentleness. So if you want to employ that word, you you may. Let your moderation be known to all men. But let me define the word for us. That word gentleness uh, translated in the New King James is a word that means um, this. It means mildness, patience, yielded, unwilling to litigate or contend. Let me say that again. Let your gentleness or your moderation, that you, you're patient, you're mild as you encounter circumstance, you're yielded, and you're unwilling to litigate. In other words, get into the, the trenches of who's right, who's wrong. You're, not, you're, you're unwilling to do that because you know that just brings contention, so you're not willing to contend either. And you might say this morning, because I, I, my mind went to this when I defined this word. I went, "Oh, you might say, yeah, but you know, are are you saying, Pastor Art, that we need to just be, you know, soft shoot and and not so aggressive at times?" Yes. I know individuals that profess to be christians but are some of the roughest most contending want to get in there and make sure you know that they're right kind of individuals and how can listen how can the spirit of god but say to the entire body of christ everyone in this room if you're a christian this morning everyone listening at home if you're watching at home this morning every christian throughout all of time let your gentleness the way the Spirit of God can say that is because there's a, a, a portion of the person of Jesus Christ that is supposed to be visible in you. And yet, how many of us, especially this guy, said, Well, I'm German. <laughs> I come from an Irish background, or a, I'm Italian, or I'm Portuguese, or whatever. And so we immediately put this thing to the side that is supposed to be Christ in us, And we walk over to this thing called the old man and we somehow justify that, well, that's, you know, that's just the way I am. Excuse me. There's a verse here. Now, that's okay. You can set that verse aside if you want to. But we're talking about keys to unlocking the very peace of God in our lives. And if that is something you don't care to have or care to pursue, don't want or will not seek, then sure, go ahead and set that verse aside. But if it is something you desire, and there is this roughness around the edges, coarseness Not yielded, always ready to litigate the right and the wrong. And maybe the Spirit of God is saying to you this morning, hey, let me have more of my way there. One commentator says it's a good example, the good example of this quality is. The gentleness that Jesus showed to the woman who had been taken up in adultery. Another comment says that the word describes the heart of a person who will let the Lord fight their battle. Instead of them thinking they've got to do a little bit of the part and let the Lord take the rest. Let your gentleness... Be known to whom? who? All men, not just those we choose to let it be known to, all. Rejoice in the Lord always. Make the choice to rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Paul had in his mind, the Lord's coming. He's coming soon. And every generation in which we live must live under that True and glorious fact that we don't know the day or the hour, but he is coming. And what if he chose to come today? Are you living in a, in a way in which he's at hand? His coming is soon. Thirdly, this morning, we get to some of the meat and potatoes of these keys. Verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. The third word, third letter, be, th- okay, in our acronym, third word, be, rejoice, let be. Now, you'll be interested to know that in the original language, the phrase be anxious. Is a command. It's a command to do something and a command to do something continuously. Be what? Okay, Uh, Lord, I want to obey you. I, I choose to want to obey you. Be anxious for nothing. One version again says, careful. Full of cares. Be full of care for, be anxious for, what? Nothing. Anxiety in America today is a very interesting thing. According to BetterHelp.org, HopeForDepression.org, YouthDynamics.org, and the Anxiety and Depression Association of America... Anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in the United States, affecting over 40 million people today, 18 and older. Did you know that 15 million adults have social anxieties? 7.7 million adults have PTSD, according to the Anxiety Depression Association of America, 6.8 6.8 million adults have a generalized anxiety. 6 million adults have panic disorders. According to gender, anxiety disorders are more common in females than they are in males. 23% are affected uh, in females versus 14 in males, 14%. Statistics by age. Nearly one-third, 31.9% of adolescents, listen, age 13 to 18, have an anxiety disorder. Generalized anxiety was found to affect twice as many adults ages 26 to 49 as compared to those that are 50 and older. Now... I mean, these kind of statistics amaze me. Statistics according to education. Did you know that Americans with higher levels of education are less like, just less likely to have an anxiety disorder? But as the study went on, it said that one Canadian study found that for each additional level of education, people were, more, were 15 more percent uh, inclined to go see a psychiatrist. With every extra level of education, they may, not, they may have diffused some of the anxiety, but they're more, willing, more ready to go see a psychiatrist to help them figure out, I'm getting so smart, what's life all about? <laughs> anxiety is the highest concern for counseling services in colleges today. Now, okay, again, if you're watching Home too, let's think first world versus third world. Third world countries may honestly be concerned about will I have enough food for today? May honestly be concerned about a subject like will will I be appropriately um, dressed, or uh, um, not appropriate, but... Will I have enough clothing against the weather today? Will I have enough housing against the weather today? Third world. And yet, the anxiety levels in America are higher than anywhere else in the planet. And you say, why? Because most of our anxiety-ridden society are due to first world problems. Now, before we immediately go, well, wow. Has it ever been like this before? Yeah, yeah. There was a real God seeker in the scriptures. Loved the Lord. Walked with God intimately. Endeavored to lead God's people in the strength and power of of the one true God, Jehovah, Jehovah. His name was Hezekiah. And one day Hezekiah heard that Sennacherib, an Assyrian leader, was coming to conquer Jerusalem. Now the Assyrians just happened to be well known for their ability to uh, decapitate people and uh, stress them. Desperately transporting them from one place of their living to another. Brutal tortures went along with the Assyrian mentality. And so Hezekiah, a God seeking man, thought, Oh Lord, what am I going to do? He says, Maybe if I, I offer him some gold, he'll be okay. The financial aspect. So he invited one of Sennacherib's protégés, representatives, to come and see the gold for the temple. And that representative brought back to Sennacherib the the report of how much gold was in the temple, and rather than You know, calming the fears of Hezekiah, thinking that it'll satisfy him, it just made Sennacherib more willing to come and plunder. He knew how much gold was there. And so when the message comes again, no, he's coming, and, and they're they're on the march, they're on their way out. Hezekiah freaks out again. God, what am I gonna do? I know, I'll Get a hold of Egypt. There's a whole bunch of armies down there. They got horses and everything. We have very little. So he takes the alliance approach. There's the financial approach to calming his anxiety. There's the alliance approach. And so he takes this alliance approach, and he gets a hold of the Egyptians down there, and he says, hey, would you guys make an alliance with us? God had said in his word, don't make alliances with other countries. Trust me and I will deliver you. And it's as though Hezekiah has forgotten all these things that God said he'll do if. And so he runs to Egypt and tries to make this alliance. And right in the middle of that hope, if you will, he's hopeful that this is going to get him out of the trouble that he's in. guess who walks in? You know, you know it, you've read it. Yep, prophet Isaiah. You can read it in Isaiah 30. I think we might even have it on the screen. I don't know. I'll share it with you. Isaiah walks in and he tells Hezekiah, woe to the rebellious children, says the Lord, who take counsel, but not of me, who devise plans, but not of my spirit. They add sin to sin, who walk down to go to Egypt and have not asked my advice to strengthen themselves in the strength of Pharaoh and to trust in the shadow of Egypt. For thus saith the Lord, the Holy One of Israel: in returning and rest shall you shall be saved in quietness and confidence shall be your strength. In other words, Hezekiah. Don't try and wiggle out of this by correct finance. Hezekiah, don't try and make some sort of alliance to alleviate your, your anxious thoughts and fears. Just come back to me. Rest in me. Be quiet in me. Sorry to get a little animated this morning, but I'm not sorry. When was the last time? Got about 20 minutes. I can get my devotions in real quick. A little bit of rejoicing. Rub-a-dub-dub, bless the grub. Thank you, Lord. And out we go. (laughs) Nobody here. I know we're talking to people elsewhere. And then you know, and you, you you know, you take that 35 seconds. And it's like, here, Lord, here's my here's my world problem, my first world problem. It's just a few seconds or whatever, and boom, out the door you go, only to have that fear and that anxious thought just come right barreling back on you through the course of your whole day. I think every time that we begin to pray, I don't think this is not original, I heard a dear brother remind me of this, that when we pray, we need to remember who it is that we're praying to. This is God. Nothing is too hard for him. And so Paul reminds those Philippian Christians that when they go to prayer... Prayer should include everything that they're dealing with. Remember who it is that they're praying to. Remember to give him thanks for all that he is. Not just what he's done or is doing, but what He, who he is. Thank you, God, that you even put breath in my lungs. You, you've placed me on this planet. I, I live, I breathe. You allow me to know pain and joy and suffering and victory and love and, and tragedy. You, you've brought me into an alliance with your own very heart. And, and Lord, if you did nothing else for me ever again, You've promised me that when I shed this flesh, I'm going to spend eternity, eternity, eternity. Man lives 70, 90, 110 years. Eternity with you. And oh yes, now, and by the way, Lord, this is what I'm dealing with. Well, Hezekiah after his encounter with Isaiah. Have you ever gone down to try and, you know, have the psychiatrist fix this or the financer take care of that or the, you know, the bookkeeper wiggle you out of something? The Lord says no. Isaiah 30:15 for thus saith the lord the holy one of israel in returning and rest you shall be saved in quietness and confidence shall be your strength but you would not isaiah told hezekiah as time went on hezekiah of course did learn his lesson and when the letter came that rebshaka Sennacherib's general, if you will. Sennacherib had gotten distracted by another war somewhere else, and Hezekiah thought for the moment he was saved, but then uh, Reb was coming with all his men and sent Hezekiah a letter demanding that Jerusalem give up. You know what Hezekiah did? So beautiful. He took that letter into the temple, and he just laid it before the Lord. After Isaiah's wise directive and counsel, and he said, God, here, it's yours, I give it, I give up. And miraculously, thousands of men were destroyed. Remember who it is you are praying to. Remember to thank him for who he is as you bring to him what it is you are praying about. Rejoice. Let. Be. And he says, "And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus." There is a peace that that is a peace that that we can understand, right? There is a peace that that is an understandable piece. In other words, let's say um, my pg bill came and, and this month it's like $323. I was like, oh man, how am I going to you know, take care of that? I've got this bill and that bill and, and I, I'm, I really don't know what I'm going to do about that large bill. And, and uh, a week or three go by and and all of a sudden in the mail, there's this bonus check for something that, that I did months before, and it's for $353. And so there's an understandable piece. It's like, oh, whew, that's a piece. That's an understandable piece. Now I got 20 extra bucks. I can you know, go to Starbucks or something. That's an understandable piece. Or... Let's say I get a diagnosis years back I I'd, I'd been diagnosed with hepatitis C, and that that would eventually ruin my liver, and that I needed to go through an interferon treatment and and months and and the first time through it, it didn't work, and the second time through it did work. But during that course of action of of taking the interferons and and hoping that, you know, I'm not going to lose my liver or fat, perhaps lose my life. That might have been a, a stretch. But, you know, to be here for my wife and my children, it's like, and then the diagnosis comes after the second uh, route, hep C free. <sighs> okay, I'm free. That's, that's an understandable piece, right? Okay, but listen. A piece that sir passes your understanding. Every one of us as Christian men and women, young people, we need that kind of peace in our lives. And if we will make the choice to rejoice, if we will let our gentleness be known to all men, When we obey to not be full of cares about anything, but remember who it is we're praying to, who it is we're thanking for who he is as we bring our needs to him, this peace says will guard your heart. The phrase there in the original was like, it will mount up like a garrison full garrison army to guard your heart. Here's my heart. And they just kind of mount up. Don't you come and take that guy's heart. Don't you bring fear, doubt. Said, what? That peace guards your heart. And then he says, finally, brethren, verse 8, Look with me. And now he said finally earlier in chapter 3, but Paul wasn't done. He couldn't be done. There was this part that he had to get to. And so he says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true. Let's read that verse with me. Verse verse 8 all the way through. Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, Whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. You want something to consume your mind, Paul is saying? He said, okay, then consume your mind. Here's what I want you to think on or meditate on. Here's what your mind will just do be wonderfully um, uh, encouraged by if you think on first of all what is true what's true the word of God is true this is truth if you keep your mind upon the truth of the word of God the truths that are in the word of God that means I, I might need to take some time to get to know those truths that are in the Word of God, that they would become written on my heart so that I can declare them with my mouth, know them in my mind, and walk and live with them walking beside me. What things are noble? What nobility? Where is nobility gone in our society today? What is nobility? Nobility—the the thinking of others—you know—it was very noble of the the knight in shining armor to take the uh, the damsel in distress. Right, nobility—to think of others. Whatever is just. What's just? What's just is I should have been given a condom, uh, uh, a death sentence for sin. Justice is that Christ took my penalty willingly to the cross. That's just He took your sin willingly to the cross. What's pure? What's pure today? Is anything left? Is there anything left in our society that's pure? pure, spotless, without blemish, hasn't been corrupted, ruined, marred, or tainted. Jesus. Jesus is pure. Think on Jesus. Whatever is lovely, what's lovely? The body of Christ is lovely. The body of Christ is lovely. I love the body of Christ. I don't know where you are in your association with the body of Christ this morning. Maybe you're in that place where it's like, I've been to church just filled with a bunch of hypocrites. Right. Okay. And the minute you walked in, did you expect a church to be filled with perfect people? No. This is a hospital, folks. And we're either in triage or we're getting admitted or we're in recovery and we're about to get let loose back into the world to show somebody else where the hospital is. Where are you at in the chronology of it? I don't know. I'm in recovery. I'll be in recovery till the day he takes me home. Point made this morning. I hope something in your spirit is saying, man, I want that peace. I need that peace. I desire that peace. And as you're reading it, God is just saying, okay, I left it. I gave it. Here's how you get it. Think on these things. And then Paul's Closes it in verse 9 with He says, The things that you have learned and received and heard and saw in me. The things you have learned, you have seen and heard and saw in me. What have you learned, seen, heard, and saw in the Apostle Paul? Uh, A couple of things. Well, get to know him. A bunch of books he wrote. The things that you have learned, heard, seen. He says, do them. There's a practical application to this. It's not some, you know, osmosis thing that just comes. Yes, I need to want it. Yes, I need to desire it. But there is going to be a physical Application that brings the promise to fruition. Rejoice, let, be, think, and do. If you want it, there it is coming at it. maybe this morning you you're saying yeah well, I I've, I've touched it I I know of it but I want that in a greater degree let's close in prayer and while we're closing just make the lord know that's what you desire will you join me let's pray Lord, as we end our time here this morning in your word, this great passage that has been looked upon and studied so many times, and yet because your word is living, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder soul and spirit, the joints and the marrow and is the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of every heart. You know who is here this morning who's watching this by reason of a, a video and is saying, you know what, that's me. I'm so anxiety ridden. I need your peace, Lord. He says to you, come and get it. Lord, would you supernaturally answer that request and that plea as we worship this morning, as we close our time remembering how great you are. Would you come and do that which only you can do? pray And we ask it, Lord. We ask it in Jesus name.